Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back, and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what? What are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNC's apply. The Back Fence with Tony Kemp. While you sit back and enjoy the All Blacks take to the Wallabies this weekend, spare a thought for a man small in stature but big in passion. You're wondering who the hell I'm talking about, aren't you? No, it's not you, Louie. It's definitely not me. And if it was Izzy, I would describe him as a man with a big heart and an empty wallet on a Saturday afternoon at the Gigi's rather than one filled with passion. Who am I talking about? Let me tell you, the one and only Jace Ryan. Yes, the little man out of Autotahi is really setting the world alight with his attention to detail and making sure that he has the players that can lay a foundation before the pretty boys, like Izzy, get to shower themselves and try celebrations and ultimate glory. Jace Ryan has reset an all-black Ford pack and for me, is building something special leading into next year's World Cup. Not often the assistant coaches get the recognition they deserve. However, this time is about celebrating Jason Ryan's ability to bring a strategy and no-nonsense selection policy to the fore to allow those pretty boys front-foot football and get the job done. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Wowee, Kempy. Big shout-out for Jace Ryan. A lot of heat towards Daggy. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. <laughs> We've been talking some All Blacks. We've been talking some rugby, and we asked the question. We asked the question, and, man, there's been some vulnerability shown this morning. Brett, we appreciate you, mate. We always appreciate you. You're a day one. You are a day one. What is the All Black selection you want to say, but you're too embarrassed to say out loud? Too embarrassed to say out loud. St- um, Stephen Kearney, defence coach for the All Blacks next year. That is Ken Peace. Will Jordan. Geordie Barrett, chuck him at 12. He's a, he's a centre. Mine was Artie Savia is our best seven. RTS is a winger. Rico Iwani is a winger. There you go. I've shown my vulnerabilities, you know. I've been out there. I've left it all out for you, and you've come through as well. Keep them coming, lads. Lovely question. It's got the text machine going, double eight, double three. Keep Lovely. them going. 
I'll tell you what. What are you giggling, what are you giggling there, Kempi? <laughs> well, I can't wait to get up here. I'm going to actually go undercover. I'm going to find where you and your mates are hanging out. I'm just going to come and be a menace. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna come. I'm gonna come and just. I'm gonna bring like take a pen and I'm gonna like roll paper up in my mouth and I'm just gonna blow it at you all day, all day mate. Not even gonna talk to anyone. Get out, Kimpy. Don't, don't. I'm a little kid in the candy store when I go up to the big smoke. But you are. Yeah, I'm <laughs> you love it, mate. It's, you're right, Izzy. You know, like you make a good point. There's something that's really infectious about the warmer weather. And it just a little bit of sun on the back, and we're all on heat. It just goes, you know, it's springtime. Everyone just kind of goes a bit mad, and it's it's a lot of fun. So you'll love it up here. The weather has been good. It's actually not been as wet as it was meant to be. This mm. weekend is a mammoth sporting weekend. Uh, oh, it's huge. It's the, absolutely huge. One story we haven't in touch on, we probably won't today. I know it'll be huge on SEN in Australia. The Alistair Clarkson and Hawthorne story that's coming out around uh, racism and Hawthorne, the dynasty that they mm. had with First Nations mm. people, blew the news cycle oh, apart yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. It's completely rocked the AFL on the eve of their final. Um, the NRL hasn't had a controversy in a couple of weeks. No. So... But that's huge, though, eh? That, mate, that's a massive story. It was story. sickening. I don't know if you read it, read it was that. sickening. Yeah. 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 If it's true, that, that is horrible what they've been doing. And behind the scenes, like, the control and the First Nations, like, just, yeah, man. So, mm, if you miss it, not good. it's allegations. And they've put that coach's um, contract on hold, haven't they? No, yeah, mate, he should uh, never, ever, moved, he's, should he's never ever on. get a gig. Ever. If true. Yeah. He's just been signed as a North Melbourne saviour, Alistair Clarkson, Clarko. Yeah. They reckon he's a you know one of the greatest coaches in the history of the comp. But the win at all cost attitude, where they have controlled First Nations and impressionable. Yesterday we were talking about trusting Polynesians. Yeah. And the, and you know the way you can and the relationships and like there's serious trigger warnings in the story, but you know to the point that they're trying to control pregnancies and relationships for their young men of Indigenous, um, you know, First Nations uh, ethnicity, just really tough to stomach. So that's that's rocked the AFL. The NRL finals are on. We've got the bleeders low. We've got the all-whites, Danny Hay and Chris Wood saying they're so pissed off they don't get to play more. Joe Parker on Sunday. Mate, you got the uh, the other one that's sort of going under the radar is the World Cup squad's being named, is he? You know, like Samar came out. Joseph Sawali phoned Mel Meninga on Tuesday and told him he doesn't want to play for the Kangaroos. He's going to play for Samar. And I just, yeah, man, I, did, I did cartwheels. I was down there yeah. on Ponsonby Road doing cartwheels because it is finally happening. I predicted mm. it 12 years ago. 2010, mm. I said that kids will turn the kangaroos down and they will all be Polynesian boys. And it's happening, you know, and I'm just Good. so over the moon because by, um, by stealth – International football and rugby league is going through the roof, and it's going to be the best World Cup we've seen coming up, honestly. It's, so, it's just, just evened on, it out. I know we're going to move off in a minute. We're going to hear from Brody. I spoke to him on Tuesday. Just quickly, Louis and Kempe might, might get the juices fine, but is, the reason this is happening is because it's, is it, it's not about the money, is it? Because you think about the international teams. I'm, I'm more leaning towards what I know, and, and the All Blacks is – you know, you play for them, you get a you get a selection bonus, you get a, uh, incentives from from representing them. So in the game of league, the Kiwi are uh, the the Kangaroos. Do they have a a, a selection 
performance bonus, or do they have yeah, like they, a, they do they if, get they've they've always got more than than the Kiwi boys. That's that's right. But the the thing about so this money, isn't about that, is it, mate? The thing about money is that they're all top earners now. So the money they're getting yeah. from the NRL contracts, it's not about money anymore. It used to be about money Beautiful. while they chose State of Origin the Kangaroos. Now they're yeah. saying, well, we get enough money at club level, we're going to go and represent our country because it's the right thing to do. And he, the way that, if you read that, go to nrl.com and read Joseph Swiley's comments, and he said, my grandparents are still up in Samoa. I'm proud of where I come from. I'm sorry, Mel, but I don't want to play for the Kangaroos. I want to play for my, my grandparents and my parents. And that's what international football's about. Mm, it's amazing, Kimpy. Let's follow that and let's talk because Super League finals this weekend, Rugby League World Cup is not I'm far away. To get, I'm trying to get someone out of England. I sent a couple of messages up to a few boys last night, so hopefully we might have someone tomorrow, but we'll, I'll keep working on it. Beautiful stuff. Well, right now it is 12 past 7. All Black selection from about 11.30 today. Bled Dislow the second. We've got the Eden Park record to protect... And, you know, I noticed that nobody came through and questioned one name. Nobody would even think about suggesting that Brody Retallick isn't the way forward. So let's hear from the great man. S-E-N-Z. All right, everyone, pop quiz time. What is the highest number, the amount of Bledisloe defences in a row for the All Blacks or the number of times Bernard Foley was told to kick the ball? Uh, I'm just kidding. But the serious feeling ahead of the second bled test at Eden Park is no joke because the men in black will want a statement performance while trying to wrap up the rugby championship for another year. Brody Retallick isn't afraid of confrontation and he would have been setting the edge this week. No doubt him and his good mate Colsey. G'day, Gus. How you doing, brother? G'day, Daggy. I'm good, mate. It's, uh, it's good to be on the show. What a hell of an intro. You get the people excited with that, I bet. They are excited, mate. They are excited because there is a bit of edge. And I know someone that loves edge and his name's Brody Retallick and Dane Coles, mate. So tell us, how's how's the week been, mate? <laughs> yeah. No, it's been good. It's, um, yeah, I guess, you know, I've run out there. We're kind of looking for that complete performance. I've kind of like touched on the periods there, but um, last Saturday and then, Oh, some very average ones, some soft D that let them back in the game. So, um, it's been good. Obviously, the boys are pretty eager um, to get into it. There's a few big hits going into that, that training, even though it uh, was non-contact. So, that's always a good sign that the boys are on edge. Was that you? <laughs> no, it wasn't me, but uh, one small flower fucker uh, put a shot in the prop that <laughs> put him on the ground. <laughs> that was good to see. <laughs> Oh man, I can only imagine how that went down. A young little small halfback put in a shot, man. That's a, that's the way to set the edge. That is the way to set the edge, guys. Look, it's it's all ahead of you. You, you know, the Bledisloe is obviously wrapped up, but the rugby championship is on offer. Um, but there's a lot of work to be done. So, so what has been the main focus this week? What what areas have you really targeted that you want to rip, rectify from last week? Yeah, that's right. It's, uh, you know, it's been a funny old rugby team still with everyone kind of winning one, losing one up from last weekend. So, um, yeah, there's just probably consistency in staying on. Like, like I kind of said, like, there were some good phases, and but then there were some phases where we broke up, made line breaks and didn't convert, and then also made some soft, some soft tackles and they got in behind us. So we've talked about just 15 minutes being on the field, staying on for 80 minutes and, and building the moments in front of us. So... I think that's where we're going to grow as a group and then we'll put our game on the park. 
And as a forward pack, Gaz, look, we know the, the influence that Jace has had in such a short amount of time. But knowing Jace, he doesn't get comfortable. He would have been wanting to tinker out a few areas. Look, I, I know Australia, they probably got a little bit of leeway last Thursday uh, in, in, the front, in the front five area. So is there something that you've, you've been really working on this week? Yeah, we've been um, we've been working uh, just obviously with that one ball there. Yeah, that could have gone either way, but that was a big moment where we need to get across the line. So touch on some tight in there, and I thought scrum time. Um, there's been a real emphasis this week. You know, the first one we showed some dominance, and then it was kind of they probably won it. The battle to be fair, so a lot of work going on there. And yeah, like you say, Jay say he's walking around telling the boys, "Are you ready? Are you on? Are you on?" So it's uh, he's got the boys on. He's there for sure. How have you found Jace, mate? I, I love him to bits, but man, he's an ultimate competitor. And just the way his mind thinks, he must be really enjoying his influence. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, he's he's honestly been awesome. Like he's got such a, he knows exactly what he wants. He's got good skill knowledge, especially around our set piece and the wall and stuff, which I think is definitely you know, it's showing on the field. And, and just what he brings around the environment, eh? he's, he's he's on more he's nuts come Monday morning, I think, and he gets to know about it. So, yeah, it's been great. He's not bad for a, a little pup, eh, mate? A little small man, but you know, get your gun, he creates a bit of edge. What about you, Gus? Gus, you, you've you know you've been around for a very long time now. You've you're so experienced. You got a bit of taste of Ramfeely Shield. You went back to the Hawks Bay. It was great to see you back back in the black and white. I see my friend. <laughs> How's the guys going? Yeah, a few nuggets. Body's good. Yeah, no, it's, it's um, obviously over the cheek now. Um, and yeah, I guess well, I was still able to run apart from two weeks where I had to let the bone heal. I was still able to run the stuff. And then getting back in with the Hawks Bay boys was awesome. It's pretty refreshing uh, to jump back in with them. And yeah, I just touch wood, just keep building, building momentum and some game time under the belt. It was, it was definitely great to be back out there. Uh, Melbourne, and, and you know, if, if you get reminded pretty quickly what Test rugby's like, and then with a finish like that, it's um, the feeling that's hard to beat. Mate, you have been around for, for a very long time, but your body's still showing no signs of slowing down. Your gameplay is is phenomenal. But if you look back and and you you know everyone likes to reflect, you know what has changed from the young guzzler to the now? Like, what are the, some of the things that you're doing behind the scenes? Are you how, how does Gazza lead? How does Gazza lead in, in training during the week? Yeah, as you would know, as you get older, it probably comes a bit harder to get up in the morning with the aches and pains. I know definitely not too many beers post uh, post the win these days because I feel it for the next three days. But um, I, yeah, I've tried to just maintain the body as much as I can, stretching and trying to look after all the joints, really, shoulders, knees and stuff like that. I guess those are the ones that kind of give give away on you so by doing that and then as you touch on obviously like a, a little one-on-one battle and bringing a bit of easy training so I'm um, trying to do that and just get, there's some great competition in the in the team at the moment and the boys are uh, fair, to be fair getting stuck into each other so it's uh, it's good to see yeah I love it mate love, love what you're about guys you bring the, the ultimate edge hey just a quick question this is something I've I wanted you, you might be able to share I don't really know but you obviously got this week and then there's like a little bit of a gap before you head off. So what is the plan going forward? You gonna you got the job to get done this week, but are you boys gonna get any any more rugby before you head off on India tour? Or are you, are you just gonna be training and, and just getting the bodies to recover? 
Yeah, it's weird. It's a weird one. I think, well, I, I've never had it in here. I guess when you were in here, we were kind of similar time in Europe before me, but never had the four-week break before. It's normally about yeah. 10 days before going to Europe. So um, they pretty much said to us, take two weeks and, and go away and do what you like, put the feet up kind of thing and, and enjoy some family time. And then towards the back end of um, the, the four-week break, we're having a camp in Nelson and then um, potentially some people go play ITM Cup, but... I think it's coming around to playoff time for ITM Cup. So, yeah, obviously, you know, the boys don't want to go in and catch. fellas, eh? Yeah. Just go in and take out. There's a bit of a chat about having an internal game, I think. So, who knows? Nothing worse, guys. Nothing worse. Honestly, <laughs> like internal games, mate. Let's be honest. They are horrible. <laughs> It's horrible, especially when you, they, we just use the same calls as each other and we know exactly what each other's doing. It's hard to get up for. <laughs> it, is hard. it is hard, but hey, Shag and, and Kobe, when I was involved, we used to make you try and get up because if you didn't, you get dropped next week. So, <laughs> it's like game of that mate. Hey, uh, I appreciate right. you coming on, guys. And, uh, no worries. Uh, this week's big match at Eden Park. A lot of edge, a lot of hype. And uh, it's going to be an absolute doozy. Go well, mate, and keep trugging, you old dog. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Bloody good. Talk some sailing, Kimpy. Yep, the European swing for our New Zealand Sail GP team is coming to an end. They've won events and been banging the finish three times in a row now and heading into the Spanish GP in the crystal clear waters of Cardiff. How beautiful. They're just one point off the overall, overall competition leaders, those blooming Aussies. Hey, yeah, they're good trying to get us again. Liv Mc- McKay is back with the team in Cardi and ready to rip in. How you going, Liv? Good, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, those um, the Aussies, it's pretty close, but very exciting. <laughs> yeah, well, I'd just just keep tacking, just keep tacking in front of them and making the front of their boat go <laughs> on the water. Water, Liv, we'll be happy with that. Hey, what's <laughs> what's the buzz with the Kiwi team at the moment? Obviously, winning on the water must make the touring life up there a bit more rewarding. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, um, we all compete to to win, but we've been spending a lot of time together as a team, so everyone's pretty good friends, and it definitely feels like it's a bit more like a family. Um, But there's a good vibe going on, for sure. What about Cadiz? Holds a special place, doesn't it? Being the venue a year ago, women were involved in racing with the F50s. How have you seen the role of yourself and other wahine evolve since in, the, in terms of racing and the and yeah, it's um yeah, obviously it marks a year, which is pretty insane. Really, time's gone pretty quick. Um, the roles develop massively, and Erica, Joe, and I all feel yeah. a pretty key part of the New Zealand team, which is really cool. I think it's I guess nice to maybe take a look back and see how far it's come but yeah there's still a long way to go and I think everyone's definitely in the mood to keep pushing which is exciting. What what sort of opportunity um, has this been for you as a sailor? Do you think your horizon has been broadened significantly with this uh, extra time on the water? Massively yeah Um, it's obviously Every sailor aims, regardless of what gender you are, to to be a part of mm. the GP team. So, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm still pretty young, I'd say, um, in terms of sailing age. So, to be given this opportunity now and kind of open that 
that horizon uh, is pretty insane and for sure I've kind of my dreams have really widened up which is sick. What about your role? What 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 is your role on on the boat and and how are you enjoying the journey? So um, the female role is actually a bit unique. We swap around a little bit. So if it's, mm. if we've got six people on board, we're at the back um, and we're doing a lot of comms role and helping. Um, so that's with Josh Junior helping Pete. Um, feed information to him to make good decisions. And then when it gets a bit lighter and we only have four people on board, the female actually goes into a grinding role, which is quite ironic. You're losing two big guys for one reasonably small female. Um, Good math there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, it's good fun. What about what about like so you go into the grinding role? Is there a noticeable difference? Like, what are you doing training wise, and are you able to keep up? That's awesome. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's um, definitely a lot of comms from Blair telling to go as um, hard as you can. I think it's becoming more of a priority in training for sure to get that grinding fitness up. You don't see many grinding fit uh, machines around, so. Yeah, it's um, been in a lot of conversations recently. And, you know, if you get in that final for a million dollars, you want to make sure you're pretty fit. Oh, yeah. Now you're talking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As he loves that, mentioning that. Hey, um, is, there, is there much competition between the girls, you know, to get on the boat, to be the one that the boys are uh, putting on the boat? Like, I guess I'm sort of watching you, you know, they're, they're not small guys that you're grinding with um so like when you're training are you are you got that little competitive edge against each other Liv? yeah i think naturally we all do but because there's not really many of us sailing i think it's really healthy um you know like we're all friends um and we all push each other to be better so yeah i mean it's always a competition but in a good way i'd, I'd say all right, tell us about Kadi. Have I have I pronounced it right, or is it Kadi's? Look, I'll just say Kadi because it sounds quite um quite funky. So, what do you know about the conditions <laughs> of Kadi? <laughs> Does it look like you're going to favour any specific? Is it going to favour any specific team, or is Team New Zealand going to just keep charging and putting one over those Aussies? <laughs> I mean, that's for sure the plan. Um, but. <laughs> I think it's meant to be um, pretty, could be a bit wavy this weekend. So not, not big breeze like Saint-Tropez, I don't think, but it will still be um, decent breeze it's looking like right now. So hopefully it's entertaining um, for you all to watch. And yeah, I'm sure it'll be challenging as usual. What was that like? 98 kilometres on the water, absolutely flying. Flying on a boat, and I couldn't—I couldn't believe. It must have been pretty crazy. It was so quick. Yeah, um, Joe was actually on the boat in Saint-Tropez, but I've had sailed in those conditions on the fifty before as well, and yeah, it's insane. It was so good to watch, and yeah, mm. you're, you're almost just holding on. Um, <laughs> but it was actually. Yeah, it's it makes it um, 
really special to be able to watch sailing with people who don't sail and they're like this is really cool and I think that's what's so exciting about sail GT and even like with it coming to New Zealand I think for people to see in person is just a whole next level so yeah hopefully it's like that when it comes to New Zealand in March and yeah hopefully the sport just keeps growing. Hey Liv be honest here all right um, is there a rivalry between the Aussies and yourself, the Kiwis? Uh, is it pretty much like every other sport, like rugby, rugby league, you know, me and Izzy? And uh, because it's bledders, I reckon, this week, are you ready to smash them out there on the water? Yeah, I mean, I can't believe you're, you're genuinely asking me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, of course. Um, I mean, it's it's always good banter, but yeah, I think there's there's always rivalry between everyone. But now we're getting pretty close at the top. I think it's yeah, it's um, definitely chat going on on shore and on the water. So it's good fun. Oh, mate, rough into Nothing better than beating Australia. <laughs> he's got we've got we've got the soccer happening over here. We've got the All Whites taking on the Socceroos. We've got the Bledisloe Cup, and uh, we've got you going about to smash them over there at Cuddy. But talk to us. A bit of downtime after this, then back into it with a run into the Littleton event. Reckon we can have a Kiwi boat on top of the standings by then? Yeah, that's definitely the goal. I think the team feels like our foundations are really solid and we've put a lot of work into getting to where we are. So, yeah, hopefully we just keep building on what we've got. And, yeah, it feels really positive within the team. Everyone's really excited about each event. So I think as long as that keeps continuing to happen, I think we'll be in a pretty good place. There you go. Liv Mackay out of the New Zealand Sail GP team of Kadi. Is he very good? Caring for our communities. Out of the gym and off the park. Working just as hard paying it forward to our next generation. This is More Than An Athlete with Izzy and Kempe. That tune just gets me going. Yes, time for more than an athlete. And if we're being totally honest, this feature was pretty much designed after the last time we had our next guest on. Dr. Lara Andrews is a legend in the softball ranks. She's captained the White Sox for a long time and forged a career for herself playing professionally in the US. But it was her hard work and study at the University of Delaware in the States where she graduated with a PhD would has put her in the unique and special place to help our next generation of Kiwi athletes. Dr. Andrews is passionate about youth development and how physical activity in sport can have seriously positive effects on young people if used as a tool with the right mindset. And we're stoked to have her back on the program. Morena Lara. Morena, wow, this is what an awesome intro. Oh, we really appreciate it. I, I loved our conversation. We had a, a few months back, but just on that, how have you been going over winter? What's your day-to-day been looking like? It's been really good, actually. We've um, I've been lucky enough to be a part of a new launch of a new centre for physical activity and wellbeing at Victoria University nice. of Wellington, um, which is a new partnership with Sport NZ. So it's the first time um, Sport NZ working with the tertiary um, model and we've created a new centre and um, some of the roles that I have is to create a new 
major in physical activity and well-being, uh, a new minor and a new master's programme. So, so it's been really cool, actually. That's, oh, that sounds awesome. Sounds like plenty of work, um, plenty of hard work there. Look, we, we absolutely loved our chat last time. Uh, probably only just scratched the surface and good to chat again, especially this time of year, Lara, you know, coming out of winter and into summer. A lot of our Kiwi kids have been playing plenty of sport at all sorts of, le- sorts of levels, right? Yeah, so it's just around um, the, the sports model really adapting to our young people and ensuring we're not extending our... Um, seasons too far or overlapping our seasons for these individuals because I know for some of the athletes that I'm working with now they're they're rushing from a league training or or a rugby competition and then they're coming to a softball training um, and we just want to make sure we're not burning burning our young people out too early but also um, we want to be providing opportunities for those who aren't playing multiple sports as well so it's, it's a hard balance Dr. Lara Andrews, um, can, why and how have you gone down this journey of what you're doing? Like you, you, you've obviously achieved so much in the game of softball, and, and you've gone down this journey. There must be a reason why a story that, that you've started this. Yeah, I, I mean, for me, as a bilingual young person, um, education has been a really challenging space for me uh, to find where I fit. Um, particularly learning English and Māori as a young person, it's really confusing. And so as soon as I stepped into that outside physical education space, I was I was able to make those connections really quickly. And I wasn't as confused when I was uh, using my mind and my body. Um, and so I think a lot of children... Um, are feeling the same way sometimes a bit confused in the in the academic space and and um sport is their outlet and for some people um sport saves their lives it gives them um something to to do and and love um growing up my father actually was very involved in rugby um i think you might know him as the um john andrews ja he was the coach for the wellington maoris for a long time yes. um and i was fortunate enough to be tagging along all the time and, and <laughs> watching and observing as a young person. And not only did I see um, the the performance side of things, which was game day, um, I was actually able to witness what happens behind the scenes, the thinking behind it, the strategy behind it, um, the, the culture building, the fitness, the nutrition, every single piece of what it takes to, to have a a performance outcome, um, I was lucky enough to just be role modelling and being a part of and watching and observing. Um, as I grew up, I, I started to be quite talented in the athletic space. And um, I think one thing that I wish someone had told me as a young person was um, the, the more I trained my brain, the more I got to know my greatest tool that I'll ever own, which is my head, my mind, the better athlete I became. And um, we often think that those things aren't overlapping. We we often think, oh, if you want to be an all-black, you've got to go to the gym, you know, and you've got to train. Um, but actually, it might actually be important that we start sending the message to young people and parents and whanau that it's really critical that our young people understand their own minds and understand how to use their mind and their body to the best of their ability. And so that's part of the reason why I started to venture down this journey of, of pushing myself. Um, you know, I wasn't a, 
an excellent academic as a young person, but I was able to grow and develop in that space. And actually, the, the better outcome of my academic journey is I became a better athlete. Hey, Lara, you just got me thinking. Um, you know, the, I think the I think the importance like where do you put in context understanding the importance of knowing who you are before knowing what you want to do? It's an interesting question, and, and um, for me, it took me to leave and and be um, in a different environment for me to understand who I am. Um, and what I mean by that was I was uh, obviously playing a lot of sport in, in New Zealand and surrounded by lots of friends and whanau, but it wasn't really until I was plucked out of this world and, and plotted into the big America on my own um, where I started to actually learn about who I am and, and what, it, what being Māori means um, because I had to stand up for myself and I had to um, advocate for myself and with, with people who didn't know who, who, who I was or, or what a, a brown person was, I guess. Um, and it's through those trials, you know, the tough times, the hard times, the grinding through, when you just feel like giving up, it's pushing that barrier and being un- being comfortable with being uncomfortable. It's that perimeter that really pushed me to dig deep and find who I am and what I want to do in my life. And I think that's important for young people these days is not to give up when things get hard. Actually to say, things are really hard right now and I'm really pushing and struggling, but this is okay and I need to work through this. <sighs> I had an interesting situation. I was with my nephew, Lara, and I was driving, and uh, he's a very talented rugby player, and I was talking to him about school, and uh, he won't mind me saying this, but I said, oh, you know, how's school? And he goes, oh, it's good. And I said, are you enjoying it? He's like, oh, I just want to play rugby. I just want to play sport. And I'm sitting there thinking about my own time at school and how I didn't apply myself, and I wish I could go back and, and, and just, you know, enjoy and, and enjoy the moment but so how do you approach those those conversations for the younger generation we know the importance of sport and the impact it has in our lives but the importance of education and educating ourselves so how would you approach that even as a as a parent you know we've all got kids so how do you approach those situations yeah that's a good good, good question as well and i guess there's a lot of things with the education system that relate to being a professional athlete. And some things would be learning how to public speak, learning how to be on time to class, um, being respectful of your tutor or your teacher or your coach, um, learning how to look at something and be critical about that subject or topic and critically think about it from multiple angles. These are the same things that we do on the sports field and what we need to ensure is that we can highlight the parallels with our young people so they understand that what maybe the topic that they're talking about doesn't relate to sport or their high performance aspirations however looking at it as a strategy on finding how i approached this or 
when I need feedback on this, how do I deal with that feedback and do I make those adjustments that the teacher's asking me to do are exactly the same things that we need to do in the sports field. When we get approached by our coach and our coach wants us to tweak something or change something, are we going to be able to take that feedback and make a change or are we going to challenge that feedback? And so it's looking at... The, the education system as a tool to upskill our young people, not just for the sports life, but also life in general. Yeah, Lara, Lara what are you? What are you? Um, based your principles like? What are your principles and priorities on your programs that you um, you're currently writing? Yeah, most of the programs that I, I write are mainly focused on building confidence. Um, it seems to be that the sports environment, and this is through through the research I've been doing, is our children aren't always coming out with that confidence in themselves in sport. So if they love a sport and they've been playing it for years and they aren't feeling confident about themselves in that sport, what's going to happen when they have challenges in life? Yeah. Um, and so trying to utilise sport as a platform to increase young people's confidence within themselves should be the priority for us as a sports system so that we're growing confident young people, not just in sport, but also in school and in life. And so yeah, most of the programs I run um, are really focused on the individual and trying to unlock and unleash that confidence within. So if they feel confident within their sports space, then it's about then translating that and talking to them about how they translate that into the academic space if they don't feel confident in that space. Oh, I love it. I love it, Lara. You're helping many out there, and I know parents will be thinking a lot of questions, and we've had one come through, and this is actually from Neeps in the back room in the kitchen, and he's obviously asked a very poignant question. Here we go. Uh, talking about passionate parents, when is it time for parents to stop pushing? If a kid knows that sport isn't for them, how do you tell them without letting them down? Sport is for everybody. Um, yeah. Maybe it's, around, it's about identifying what physical activity um, that child actually wants to do. Um, maybe it's not the structured sports environment that might not be suitable for that individual or that whānau. Um, and it's, there's so many other opportunities to be active that may be more suitable for your child. You know, there's individual sports, there's team sports, then there's whānau physical activity. Maybe it's just uh, an hour whānau bike ride on a Sunday morning that actually fulfills that kid more than participating in a game of rugby. Um, it's, it's really around communication with children understanding what do they actually want to do and why are they doing what they do. We often don't have that conversation with our kids. We, we kind of assume that, oh, well, my son's played rugby, so he will always play rugby. Maybe it's a conversation with him and saying, do you still enjoy it? Do you, do you still want to play next year? Um, do you want to try another sport while you're, while you're a young person? So it's really tapping into their needs and, and desired at the time and as a parent not being or showing disappointment that they might want to have a break 
from the code that that parent really loves. Um, yeah, they might want to be an official. They might mm. want to be a scorer. They, mm. you, you know, it's just around tapping into sport has so many different opportunities, not just being an athlete. Um, and some yeah. of our children are actually aren't, aren't suitable for that. Yeah, <laughs> E pai rawe uh, ki te kōrero i te, I te rangi nei e, e pā uh, ana ki tō kaupapa uh, herehera um, ki a koutou, ki a, uh, ki a koutou katoa um, ki, ki Aotearoa uh, I, I te rātou. Um, thanks, Lara. So, such an important kaupapa about getting your kids and, and your whānau uh, active. I, I actually had a real-life experience with that with my son who, who told me he didn't want to play rugby. Um, and you could imagine that being, being a father that played played for his country, that, that's one of the hardest things to hear. But you know, it, um, for me, what you're basically just saying is you need to listen. You need to listen, yeah. and you need to yeah. actually hear what's been said. Um, and I really, I, I, I uh, have so much respect for my son being able to have that conversation with me at 14. He was when he said that. So, um, yeah. my last my last question for you before we let you go, Lara, is. The horizon. What does it look like? What is what is what is your dream that this program uh, can deliver? Oh, that's a big question. That is a big question. Um, you know, as as I've been alongside the Balance is Better Copapa since we first started it around four years ago, um, it started as a concept, um, and us as champions. Um, our role was to advocate and promote and get it out there. One of the cool things I get to experience now, four years later, is um, I can see some changes happening within the system, and these changes are really positively impacting our young people. And the cool thing is we've, we're getting much much more data, so we're able to prove that this new model that we're proposing is actually positively influencing young people and keeping them playing and being active longer in life. So I just, you know, the more we can be open to looking at sport and physical activity differently, and the more we can use data to, to, as evidence to show that we're doing the right thing as a country and as a sports system, um, honestly, we're, we're going to keep making waves and actually... My hope is more people are active longer in life and actually enjoying it and having more fun longer in life. And, you know, for me, sport saved my life and it gave me opportunities that I would have never had otherwise. And so I hope that the sports system can continue to touch people in many ways and and continue to um, inspire and enhance the growth of our next generation. Lara, honestly, you've helped so many. We've had a message come through, loving this all from Cam Waters. I think you've helped so many, and you'll continue to help plenty of people around the motu. We appreciate your time this morning. Thank you so much, Dr. Lara Andrews, sharing her knowledge and insights, and well done on the transition that you've embarked on. Thank you so much. Kapa, kakite. 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 Ooh. Champion New Zealand. That doesn't inspire <laughs> Champion New Zealand. And that is why we do this part of the show because there is plenty around. And Dr. Larry Andrews is one of them. Man, just get you going. My son just walked in and I'm like, Boy, are you going to play rugby? <laughs> nah, Dad. Okay. Okay, that's all right, my son. That's all right. You do what you want to do, my boy.
Oh, it's got it going. Nice stuff, is he? Yeah, she's the definition of more than an athlete. Um, yeah, PhD mm. graduate at Delaware University of Delaware, um, distinguished performer for the White Sox for a long period of time as the captain, and now changing the lives of our young New Zealanders. Awesome, awesome stuff. Dr. Lara Andrews, there. You can catch that if you missed it. We'll just tune into the back end of it. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato, and aioli. So. We doubled it. Chicken and Maccas, together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.